0: A group of female sorority sisters are getting ready for the winter break. Only problem is there is a killer seemingly hunting them down one by one. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb Leger. I'm
1: Connor gary
0: Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bed. <laughs> today we'll be talking about the second attempt to remake and revive remake and bring back a christmas horror classic tongue tied already i'm blaming dan cummins because i listen to a lot of time suck and scared to death um but the second sense to remake and bring back a Christmas horror classic 2019's uh, take on black Christmas with a PG 13 rating and some of the most unsubtle political messaging I've ever seen. <laughs> the phone would go on to become a box office disappointment and be dismissed by critics. Connor.
1: Well, in case you didn't know that this was supposed to be black Christmas, it takes place at Christmas and there's black goo. So, you know, black Christmas. This is what's known as not being subtle.
0: Goo, by the way, that I'm pretty sure they took from Fantasy Island because uh, that came out before this, also by Blumhouse. It came out a couple uh,
1: earlier in the year or like literally like. Fantasy Island came out in 2020 because it bombed because of COVID. Oh, yeah, either way, they
0: still had a uh, surplus of black goo in this movie, because you know what shows up in Fantasy Island? Black goo.
1: I'm honestly surprised nobody said, like, this is a, you know, this year, like, we're going to have a black Christmas. Like, I'm surprised they didn't say that.
0: Yeah, and also, Fantasy Island did not bomb because of COVID. It was a horrendous movie. COVID just kind of helped that along.
1: Yeah. Uh Black Christmas 2019 rocking the 39% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 31% audience score. Finally, we can agree on something. Uh consensus reads better than the 2006 remake, yet not as sharp as the original. This Black Christmas stabs at timely feminist themes but mostly hits on familiar pulp. Uh I love that it's like it's still not as good as the first one, but you know what? It's better than two thousand six, and I don't think anybody agrees with that.
0: I don't. I I do not because at least with two thousand six one, yeah, the characters are horrendous because you you sit through the whole thing going, "How are you guys a sorority?" Because they 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 fucking hate each other's guts in two thousand six one. It's weird, mm-hmm. but like at the very least, it makes up for that with like one of the most bonkers, insane creepily incestuous backstories put for a horror film villain explanation and just two thousands in your face score.
1: Uh does does Billy have a sister mom?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or a brother. Or is, like his, his, his 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 mom fucks him.
1: Uh, okay. There you go.
0: However that works, but his mom fucks him in two thousand six one.
1: Neat. Yeah,
0: well, I guess it good from her, her man, so she fucks her son.
1: <laughs> well, that'll make you, that'll make you killer. Uh, well, I guess you know we'll talk about that movie at some point too, because it's also shit. They yeah. can't seem to nail Black Christmas. Bob Clark just keeps rolling in his grave every ten years.
0: Yeah, well, I don't want to give it too weeks actually it's one of my questions. I have two questions. Um, so you know what? Before we get heavy you know i'll just get into the, that one then before we get heavy into the political messaging of this of this film because i know we usually try to avoid politics but in case like we said this one film is not subtle at all um so it's, it's going to get brought up but first because my one of my questions is like why do you think they haven't got a remake to this this classic film right yeah um so, yeah, what, what what do you think, on that note you've brought up, why do you think they just cannot know a fucking remake to this
1: thing? Well, nobody cares. I think, you know, Bob Clark cared. And he was developing a sequel when he unfortunately passed in a sudden car accident. And since then, you know, Black Christmas is just a name that they can slap onto any schlock and hope they can get asses in seats for at least to make its budget back. You know, every horror remake from the past twenty years is intended. You know, with has the same intentions. You know, slap a slap a recognizable name on it, make money, and that's it. I mean, there's exceptions. You know, occasionally you get an Invisible Man or a
0: Texas, extreme, Chainsaw, Texas
1: Chainsaw, but a lot of the times it's just you know producers who don't care about the source material, who don't believe in the product. And just want to make that, you know, make their bottom line. That's what Black Christmas is. And regrettably, we keep getting weird turns on this thing. You know, we go from incest to over-the-top political allegory. Instead of just, you know, sorority chicks getting butchered in a house on Christmas Eve. It's not that hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. And actually, I think you've hit the nail on that last scene right there. Or than obviously, this age-old like producers probably don't care. And, you know, as someone who has now sat through the Halloween trilogy Jason Blum gave us, I'm really sorry about wonder how much he cares about these films or just making money off established IP. Um, Yeah, shots fired, Jason Blum. Do a better trilogy next time. Um, But, uh.
1: Do better. I love that.
0: Do better. Um, I will say I do like the casting for the Five Nights at Freddy with Matthew Lillard. That's fucking awesome. But um, I think what they forget is the reason the original film works is it's because of its simplicity. It's the same reason Halloween works. It's its simplicity. It is sorority sisters on winter break. They're getting ready to go home, visit their families. All of a sudden they start getting these strange obscene phone calls and someone's picking them off one by one in the house.
1: Yeah. We don't need an elaborate backstory for the killer. We don't need some, you know, ancient frat cults using the essence of mankind's evil to manipulate women. Like slow the fuck down. Just you know, with horror, less is always more. Just, you know, yeah. this thing happens because this thing happens and then everyone's dead. The end. Maybe we'll get a part two.
0: Yeah. And to me, with the original, what makes it work also besides the simplicity, it's ambiguity. Um like you said, you don't get a backstory on Billy in the original film at all. Like, there's no backstory. You don't even, in the whole 90 minutes of that film, you not once see his entire face or his body. You see an eye in his hands. That's it.
1: A creepy-ass voice that just sounds unhinged. All we know is there's a psycho on the loose, and that's all we need. You know, the idea that a crazy person's in your house and he's killing people you care about? You don't need much more than that for a successful movie.
0: And it's it's still creepy. I will never forget when I was watching, I actually watched because I picked up the Screen Factory edition, the the recent 4K upgrade they did, which for those who are wondering, looks and sounds fantastic on 4K, the original one. Um and to this day, even at like, you know, I'm you know, turned 30 recently. So even now I'm you know, watching that in that scene when like she realizes oh my god, he's in the house because the you know the detective has to tell her, like, get out, he's in the house. Um that scene when she's running and like you just see the hand shoot out, and he's making the noises. I legit got goosebumps. Still, it's a fucking creepy scene because again, simplicity less is more. It works in that film's favor so well.
1: Yeah. Most, you know, of the foundational horror films, I think, especially the slashers are built on just, you know, how much can we get away with without spending too much money? And that, reinforces a ambiguous situation. Uh, You have to rely more on scares and on just, you know, blood and effects. You know, I'm I'm mostly talking about like, you know, Black Christmas and Halloween are kind of the shining examples of this. To an extent, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original was not a bloody film, actually. True. Same deal. Same deal. And I think people who try to capture that magic again, they don't understand what made those films work. And they just go heavy in the opposite direction and completely miss the point. Yeah. And, you know, we see that again and again. There are never lessons learned in Hollywood. That's kind of the, if this show has a theme, it's that. <laughs> there are never lessons learned in Hollywood.
0: Ever. Oh, God. And like,
1: and like, don't, and look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, like,
0: again, you know, at my age, you know, I was a teenager around the time the 2000s era of four was kind of booming. In the... Gore and violence and stuff. And don't get me wrong, I have there's I, there's an absolutely place for that, and I love that shit. And I and I love in-your-face violence and gore just as much as like this most the more subtle, simple, just type of horror like the original Halloween, Chainsaw Massacre, Psycho, um, Black Christmas, right? Yeah. But the thing is, when they were when they remake these things, and again, I'll turn to TCM 2003 as a, this shining example. Did it obviously have a 2000 sensibility at that time? Yes, it was definitely more gritty in a way. It was putting, it was again, not, I would argue, so not overly violent compared to what we got with a lot of 2000 stuff. Still some good violence, though, still some good gore for that time. But they also understood what made the original work. And you could tell the people doing it cared about the original and wanted to make a good film. And that's the key difference in that. You get these people that, like you said, they don't really care, they don't get it, and they swing wildly in the opposite direction to try to appease, obviously, a more modern audience at the time, thinking, hey, this will get them in. And then we see time and
1: again, the film flops, gets bad reviews, and no one gives a shit. Well, that's what happened in 06. But with the 2019 version we're talking about today, we see another trend that tends to happen with horror remakes. First up, softening the blow and giving us a PG-13 adaptation, which is a terrible idea. And two, somebody thinking I have something to say and I'm going to inject my bullshit into an established property and everyone's going to hate it because everyone who goes to see Black Christmas is looking forward to a dark slasher reminiscent of the Black Christmases they have had in the past. Instead, they're going to get a political allegory that is just going to upset people and confuse people and irritate everyone who went to see Black Christmas. Yes. So, yeah, it's... I know I'll never understand somebody who thinks I can do that better than the original person can. That's arrogance, and you're always wrong.
0: Well, and and what's crazy to me, and again, it's actually a good segue getting to say, wait, get into my second question, but I'll ask that in a minute. Um, but what's crazy to me is that like, like you said, you, you're the part of your audience. Cause like, and I'm not saying like, obviously Horace had social commentary for, there's something wrong with that. Horace is a great place for social commentary. It depends on how you do it. Um, and also I think with me, with watching this new one and kind of doing my research, guess what? Bob Clark actually, there are feminist themes in the original Black Christmas. First off, the story Sisters are fucking likeable in the original one. Because they feel like sorority sisters, they feel like yeah, obviously they're own people, but they have each other's back. Um, but also the whole subplot, I fucking because it's been a couple years since I've watched it, um, about how um, Olivia Hussey's character is pregnant and wants to get an abortion and is not listening to her dude, saying essentially, you know, and I you know I know it sounds cheesy to some people, but you know the whole my body my choice thing, right? Um, but she's she's personifying that of saying like look i'm i am not sacrificing my life my career that i'm working on for for this this is my decision i'm doing it and that's an entire subplot in the original film that's directed by a dude and handled far better than your 2019 one that's ran directed by women that are just being angry and doing blanket statements and alienating the audience
1: well, I've got a uh, in one of my uh, letterbox reviews. I'll bring up towards the end. Um, somebody points out the fact that like horror, more than any other genre, has like created more feminist icons in film than any other genre.
0: Look, look at the '80s Final gore, for example. Like that's yeah. when the term was term. It's only been recently, like maybe five, ten years ago, that we came up with the term Final Guy or whatever Scream King. For people like Bruce Campbell and, you know, uh, the the few dudes that are icons in the genre. But you don't hear, I mean, you know, like I said, Scream Queen, Final Girl, that, all that shit's existed for such a long time.
1: Well, and like you said, the original Black Christmas explores feminist themes and is a, a very, you know, pro-woman movie. While also not, you know, shoving, a, a, you know, a unnecessary political message down our throats. Whereas the new one is almost saying, like, finally, we have a horror movie for women. And it's like, where have you been for the past, like, hundred years of film? Like, we've always had feminist themes in horror films. Like, you are not figuring, you're, you're not discovering this.
0: Yeah, we've always, horror's always been feminist to me in the sense that, like, think about, like, look at, like, your main characters, right? Like, the dudes are always douche, frat bro types anyway that are usually more annoying than anything and are usually the ones you first ones to get killed off. And the women are always the resourceful ones that make it to the end. You know, again, the final rule, right? It makes it to the end. It's always been a thing.
1: Yeah. And you just didn't do it as well as other people have done it.
0: Yes. All right. Which is, okay, a good way with my next question. my The one that's going to be getting more into this politics stuff next door. We're not going to try to go too hard on this but just for those who have seen this film you, you get it if you've seen the film
1: if she's um, gonna shove pol- politics into black christmas we're gonna shove politics into black
0: christmas <laughs> yeah so with that thinking on the broad spectrum of so, social messaging in general how do you feel personally about films that incorporate social messaging into their story and do you feel that there's a correct way to do it
1: yeah 100 film is a uh, um, Another, it's a medium of art that people can use to express themselves, express their beliefs, express their politics. But you got to do it in a way that's not ham fisted and not going to alienate people. You have to get people on your side to support your belief, to support your politics. That's why you're making this. And I think that, you know, I support that 100%. I'm, I'm writing a thesis right now on Hispanic discrimination in film, and that's coming up a lot. So, yeah, I, I 100% support that. Uh, do I support the way it was handled to Black Christmas? Absolutely not. I mean, it's the direct, the writer director. Uh, her name is uh, Sophia Takal. Mm-hmm. She basically takes a whole bunch of buzzwords that we've heard on the news in various, you know, rape trials and accusations and stuff like that. And just shoves them into this movie with barely any context and just creates a world that is so black and white that there's no way to to kind of get on anybody's side here. And that's that's not what you want in any movie, let alone a slasher. So I do think it can be done right. It's done right often, but it was not done right here.
0: Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm kind of with him. I feel the same way. It can obviously, I have zero issues with putting social meshing in the film. Horror, especially, has been a goldmine of like finding ways to talk yeah. about things in society in a very abrasive way. Yeah,
1: look at Night of the Living Dead. I mean, yeah, I mean, all of Romero's films reflect, you know, society of the time, a society that's dealing with the civil rights movement or commercialism. And we all were like, Yeah, we get it and we like it. Well done, George.
0: Yeah, um. <laughs> so yeah it, it can be done you just have to remember like if you're going to do it don't forget your story like you still got a story to tell you still got to entertain people you still got to get their butts into the seat while also delivering you know your the message you want to deliver even if you if your audience disagrees with it whatever like that's not the point you're just you know the point is you're getting your message out there and how you take it as audience means how you take it um And obviously it, you know, when the me too movement happened, we did get a, we were been getting a surplus, obviously of things like, you know, having more people of color behind camera and women behind camera. And because of that, we do get a lot more films are taking these feminist approach and stuff like that. And that's fine. That's awesome. It's a much different, you know, it's a different way to look at stories, right? It's a different way, a different viewpoint.
1: I've got a good example. Um, A couple years ago, there was a movie that came out called "Promising Young Woman," which was written directed so good. Uh, It was written and directed by Emerald Fennel or Fennel. I don't remember how to say her name properly, but it's a rape revenge film about a woman whose best friend was raped in college. No one believed her, and she was driven to suicide. So the friend devotes her time to getting revenge for on behalf of her friend, and it deals with very similar themes that Black Christmas tries to. To do, but it's handled very differently and very appropriately in *Promising Young Woman*, to the point where Emerald Fennell won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Like that thing was a hit, and is a brilliant depiction of a post Me Too movement world. So, this kind of, I I'm not I'm not against this kind of storytelling. I just I want it to, I want it to be done right. I want it to be done properly to the point where I don't feel like the bad guy just because of who I am.
0: Yes. Um and I'm I'm the same way. Uh for me with, with this film, I got my own example, I'll bring it up for one that does work. Um you know, for me, like, yeah, when you when you watch this, like, you know, there and obviously, you know, you can argue that, well, if if you feel that way, you're just taking it personally, blah blah blah, right? When you go and see this and you feel a certain way. But at the same time, like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't I just this is me personally. I shouldn't go to a movie and watch it and then start to feel start getting angry because you're trying to make me feel bad just for being born a white straight male like fuck off like i don't do any of the stuff you're purporting all men do in this movie i don't do any of that
1: i i go to work i go home and i live my fucking life the idea that you know this is a world where every man secretly wants to be a rapist that's fucked up and frankly very insulting
0: yeah like it's like no fuck you that no i don't No, fuck you that's not how i feel at all like um so that's why i say like in a case where it did work for me was the slow party Massacre remake that i think like they put on the sci-fi channel and oh. it did yeah it did a lot of the same stuff and saying like you know but they did it in a way that worked right they they flipped the script and they did their little jokey like thing where like okay the women are going out to do their summer party and you know they're doing all stuff and then the big rug gets pulled and it's revealed that they've been purposely recreating what someone would want women to do at a summer party to draw the killer out and yeah it's it it works i was like oh okay i get it and then they reveal a cabin across the lake full of dudes and the movie goes out of its way to sexualize them make them very metrosexual if you will like you get whole like ass crack shot of one dude. Like but again, because of the war they built and the fact that again it was clear that they're flipping that script and just saying, like, hey, what well if we did this by, from a feminist perspective and flipped it on its head? I connected and I was like, fuck yeah, this is I was laughing. I had a good time with it. I really enjoyed the movie. And from what I saw, a lot of people did, it had a really good reception, all that good stuff. It was a it was a hit when it came out. So I'm like, see, like you said again, it can work if you just know how to do it and do it right, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, don't give us, you know, every male character is such a alpha male, cliche asshole that it's just unbelievable. And it's just, you know, it's the black and white character. You've got to have, if your bad guys are just straight up, like so cartoonishly evil, there's no middle ground. And the good guys are so like, you know, noble and like, we're going to, you know, we're going to save the world from all the evil dudes it's like let's slow down here no. first off this ain't black christmas like i don't know what this is but it sure as shit is not black christmas
0: no it's not that's not issue. I have, Like just slapping the damn name of black christmas because to me that also reached of like because you were so gung-ho about your message and not really caring clearly about the story you were like how do we put and i could be wrong but this is how it felt it was like, oh, we gotta tie it to something that will get people into seats. Black Christmas. People, that's a holiday classic. Do that. That will get people in the seats. And then people caught on when they went to go watch and went, no, fuck this movie. And told their friends and it tanked.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. Don't don't fuck with the classics. Do not fuck with the classics. I'll say it again. Don't fuck with the classics. Yeah. Golden rule. If you
0: and it, if you do want to watch something that is coming out in the post-MeToo movement, very feminist and a better take on this stuff, you got two movie recommendations right there. Promising Young Woman, which I do need to see myself. I've actually been meaning to watch some good things. And if you... I promise you, I know the sci-fi title. Not the ringing sound of endorsement. But I promise, Um, the remake of Sloan Party Massacre, very fun one to check out as well.
1: There you go. There's two movies that did it better.
0: Yeah. Way better. Way... Um But yeah, unless you have anything more to add to this, we can move on to the Development Hell and kind of leave behind the politics for a bit.
1: I got one more thing to say: just hammering it home. Don't don't fuck with the classics.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we did it. The assurance of so when I first watched this film, because I've had like a good year or two. I forget when I first watched it. The dates on the site. <laughs> Um, to not be so angry like I was when I watched this movie, because I did give this a one on the website in case anyone's wondering.
1: Yeah, it's, the whole review is basically just and another thing over and over again, which I totally get.
0: <laughs> I was like writing it and I was like, no, I really hated that and I really hated that and god damn it. Oh, <laughs> that was sort a of thing. Real quick. Yeah. I When it comes to, okay, and this the only thing this film did, it did have a moment and I noticed it more this time and it just infuriated me more, where they were like, "Let's let's actually make a solid argument instead of so these blanket fucking statements." It makes. And when the guy starts coming up, and he has this moment of like, "Oh, all guys, oh, you're talking about all men, blah blah,", blah. and he starts to kind of fight back at them, and I'm just there going, "Yes, yes, he's kind of douchey, but finally, just fucking speak up, because I would be getting sick and tired of this shit too if I was in that house." Like, shut up, I'm right here. And then the film completely just brings that argument up, and then drops it. Never once. So even when the film tries to trick you and say, like, let, let, let's let have that talk. Let's have that argument. it Then they go, no, nah, no. Nah, it's a man that wants to have that argument. Nope. And yeah, then she, pulls back. she
1: yells at him, like, did you just not all men me? And then they just throw him out. Yeah. Like, this is not how you win a debate. You can't win a debate by going, yeah, well, fuck you.
0: <laughs> no. It's not how you win, so... That just infuriated me more. I'm like, so you you're going to cock tease an argument and then say no? Okay, we're going to do that game. Cool. The
1: only the only way, the only reason that would happen is if you can't win the debate.
0: Yes, which tells me that this film is the epitome of all debates circa 2020 on Twitter. Development hell time. If you don't get that, get on Twitter. Since the pandemic, you know what I mean. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Before I go down anymore, we get on Development Hill.
1: Or Don't moving on to Development Hill. Don't fuck with the classics. All
0: I'm right. Not
1: letting that go. It needs to be said as many times as possible that yeah. they're not I'm fucking trying. getting the message.
0: <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to keep going down the rabbit hole, but this phone is slowly opening yeah. it up. I'm like, I gotta get to Development Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, All right. Let's, we'll get back on our awards. Awards. Whatever. So, starting in June of 2019, in the same goddamn year it came out, folks, okay. Jason Blum revealed his studio. For those who don't know, who've been living under a rock, especially with these last three Halloween films, Blumhouse Productions, Ring a Bell, Halloween, Insidious, Paranormal Activity, The Purge. Insert almost every fucking horror film coming out nowadays. Um, but Blumhouse Productions, he announced, I kid you not, in June of 2019. Remember when this came out, that they were working on a remake of 1974's Black Christmas.
1: That's that tells me that this was an afterthought at best.
0: Yep. Clearly a hey. Again, what was coming out? The hugely successful Halloween films that Blum bon was producing for his company. So he's like, I did that. Black Christmas time. And also, I can get Ellen Burns. I can convince so-and-so to come back for The Exorcist. Like, okay, dude.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to... You know, we all thought Elon Musk was Tony Stark when he showed up, but then we got to know him.
0: I'm starting to think the same thing with Jason Blum. Bon.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to think, like... Maybe every producer is an
0: asshole. <laughs> oh god. Uh well this is all in June
1: right now, right?
0: So in the same month, Sophia Tikal was announced as the film's director because she uh she did have prior experience with Blumhouse. She previously worked uh with them on the Into the Dark series for Hulu. Are you familiar with that series?
1: I have heard of it. I have not seen it.
0: Okay. It, I've seen both seasons. It, like the anthology was hit and miss, right? for Those who don't know, if you want to check it out? It's uh, for two seasons, it kind of got a pandemic like a lot did what it did to a lot of things, kind of crushed any further plans past season two. But what it was was they were releasing a film every month, like an, a 90 minute film mm-hmm. that was tied to a holiday in that month. Um, and they would come out on Hulu. It was called Into the Dark. Again, you know, if it's something you want to check out, it wasn't bad. It's an anthology, so you had good ones, you had bad ones, kind of up to what you like um the cast would also be announced with the biggest name attached being the one and only Carrie ools.
1: yeah I don't know if it's ools or Elwes I've heard it said many times I just call him Wesley (laughs) I just call him Dr. Gordon
0: Uh, (laughs) I will not name the movie y'all can do your homework um (laughs) (laughs) obviously big name probably the biggest one they got for this film um, gets uh, you know attached um, to this Uh, Takar would work extensively as we talked about earlier to make this version as feminist as she could stating in an interview and this this is a quote I wanted to make a movie where instead of feeling objectified or watched from a distance the audience felt seen
1: well I've seen that. It's called the uh, Black Christmas. <laughs> you should watch it, Sophia. I don't think you did.
0: I don't think Sophia watches a lot of horror films. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, look, okay, to play devil's advocate, not that horror films haven't objectified women you can watch A slashers. Anything to get oh. a woman naked and tits out.
1: True, but is that any different than ev- and, and, and like every other genre of film? I mean, every film genre has their Pro feminist movies. They're, you know, super objectifying women movies. Film is a wide spectrum of assholes and good people. That's just how it works. You can't demonize an entire genre for the sins that every genre commits.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, it, like I said, I, on one hand, just by devout advocate, okay, I get it. Yes, there's plenty of films that the women are still to be looked at. That's it. But and especially this coming post Me Too movement, there's also a lot of films but that's not a case. And they are very uh, feminist and pro female and not gazy at all. So you're not exactly um, doing anything different there, sister.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You're. If anything, you're showing your full hand, and frankly, you're not holding enough cards.
0: No. Oh. <laughs> also on a bit of a sad note if I go on um, we mentioned it earlier um this would be the first time Bob Bob clock wouldn't be involved in a black Christmas film due to his death in 2007 For those who probably haven't clicked yet um because I know we said it earlier but just reiterate uh he did direct the 1974 original and he was uh I know we didn't say this one I forgot to mention it but we'll mentioning it now uh he did serve as an executive producer on the 2006. Remake so he wasn't you know directed the original Was at least produced on the the First remake and then you know passed away A year after it came out
1: That sucks that's you know He was was good I love that he directed Two iconic Christmas movies that couldn't be more Polar opposites of each other Yeah And one got
0: a sequel that apparently a lot of people like
1: Yeah I'm hoping to watch it uh, Before Christmas I've got till the 25th after that I can't watch it Till next Christmas I would love like HBO Max just like locks it, just like and you have I, to wait till next year. I wish they did. I wish that like you know streaming services would lock their holiday movies till the next December. I wish that would that was a thing. That'd be great. Oh god, be like the fine China of streaming services, right? Like you're getting ready to be like, you know what? I just want to watch Elf
0: on December twenty sixth. <laughs> you put it on also, sudden, Max like no.
1: What do you think you are doing?
0: Yeah. What? <laughs> you must wait till December first, or pay extra and do it on Black Friday.
1: You have, th- you will have three warnings. On the third, I don't know, your TV explodes or something.
0: They just people show up at your house and you disappear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't like watching Christmas movies outside of Christmas. It just it feels weird.
0: I don't I don't usually do it either. I, I need to watch the new one, the new uh Christmas story. I've heard actually pretty good things about it. But yeah, where's they've gotten that right with Bob Clark, they cannot get this right. Um so yeah, that's the bit of sad news I got there. You know, unfortunately Bob Clark passed right, so he wasn't in no way attached to this. Um so which all I see kinda adds another layer of like dirtiness to me with this for fucking take he on it.
1: Let, he wouldn't have let this happen. No, you've been like, "You want to do what with this?" No. Yeah, he would have, in the words of Negan, I think his name is Smith. He will shut that shit down, no exceptions.
0: No. God, when Negan was a bad guy. God, he was so good when he was a bad are you,
1: guy. Are you gonna watch Dead
0: City? No. 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 I know what you're thinking, because I've made it quite known how how attractive I find Lauren Cohen to be. So don't yeah. know. Oh, negative on that one.
1: No spinoffs, no exceptions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, my contract for Walking Dead, because I'm one of the few that power through unhappily through those last couple of seasons, Um was hey, when this season 11 that you've announced as the final season is over, my contract's over. No spinoffs, no exceptions. I'm I'm fucking holding true to that shit. I watched season 11 finale, which was decent because. Yeah, you closed the main show, but you had out so many fucking spinoffs before it. I knew he was living, and there's so much set up for featured goddamn shit. So I just worrying
1: about ending the main show. Well, glad to hear you're not bitter.
0: I <laughs> don't <at all. laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, also on that note, another thing that was different, as we mentioned, Right, the prior two versions would be rated R. Admittedly, 2006 one taking way more advantage of its R rating than the 1974 one. Uh, this new one would get a PG 13 rating.
1: You imagine if they remade Friday the 13th, completely cut out the entire Voorhees family, and the whole movie was about, huh? Make it a PG, make it PG, and the whole movie is about how dangerous and unreported the amount of drownings at Crystal Lake have been over the years.
0: Riots across America.
1: (laughs) Hashtag not my Jason. (laughs) Uh, That's what this felt like. It's it's like it. They call it Black Christmas, but this isn't Black Christmas. It's, you know, it's this is, you know, we've got Black Christmas at home. (laughs) You know, that meme. Yeah. yeah we have it at home
0: God did, oh yeah this this goddamn movie well there's there's backup on this p g thirteen there's not backup but on what happened so to call sought this rating in the hopes of making making it accessible to new audiences, especially young women who were interested in horror while also opening up discussion discussions on major issues like sexual assault
1: well you could watch 1974's black Christmas <laughs> come on
0: <laughs> I... oh,
1: that's that's the terrible reason it's like well we this movie the the movie that I kept thinking of when I was watching this of all things Reefer Madness. <laughs> you know? Weed is bad and it could happen to you. That's what this movie's doing with, with rape. Yeah. Which is really and, fucked up.
0: <laughs> and look, I know I've said I have nothing wrong with gateway horror. Most gateway horror doesn't talk about sexual assault though for
1: Christ's sakes. Gateway horror is like goosebumps. And we got raped in goosebumps.
0: Yeah or hocus pocus or something (laughs) like not something where people are getting like sexually assaulted and like horrific deaths are happening and hi-ho the patriarchy we got subservient women like what in the fuck and (sighs) look i get obviously like you want to talk about certain things too especially you you know young women and females in general right totally get that your movie's not gonna be that that though that's the let mom start having some discussions
1: with her daughter i guarantee you no one's life was changed by 2019's black christmas no one watched this and thought oh this is what horror can be no everyone who saw this men and women alike were like what the fuck is this (laughs) so you failed
0: yeah there were no discussions on sexual assault yeah Look, most young women here are gonna be interested in horror. I guarantee you they have like a
1: friend or a parent that's into it and it's going to show them the way. Yeah, no one really like stumbles into horror movies or like, what is this nightmare? Oh my god, I've never heard of or seen anything like this. No, nine times out of 10 they got an older brother or something who's like, Hey, you want to see something freaky? Check this out. And then they're like, Whoa. That's usually how it goes down. Yeah, unless you like you know wandered into the wrong area of the video store and something was on, and you were like, ah, that could happen. (laughs) It's rare, though.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's no more video stores. See, rare. (laughs) Ah, yeah. It's just what a what a weird to me, just weird reason that like I can just poke holes into. Um, even with that. Takara would claim, I kid you not, she would claim she was ready to fully commit to utilizing the higher R rating if needed. I don't know how, like what, was she going to show the assault
1: and then still be like, yes, young women need to see this. Were we going to actually see people die instead of just like cutting away as soon as Hoodface just grabs them? Right. Was there going to be blood instead of black you that they going had so close of? Is somebody gonna say fuck at least once, maybe twice, three times even. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I wanted
0: to be PG listening for my audience, but I mean, for what I'm talking about, because again, my message, not the story. My message. I'm really gonna obtain that higher R rating.
1: I think hashtag release the to call cut.
0: Right. <laughs> So far, everything about this, I'm just like, how about you stop worrying about the rating and your fucking heavy-handed message
1: and put some thought into the fucking story? Yeah, it is entirely like I'm going to change people's lives with this with this masterpiece of a message that I put into this. Oh yeah, I also made a movie. (laughs) Right, it's like an hour and a half. You should watch it. What's it called? Uh, she goes to her like goes to IMDb, looks up Christmas horror movies. Uh, Black Christmas. We're gonna we're, we're calling it Black Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least you know, I'm I to be like Silent Night, Deadly Night. How is that even tied to this?
1: Uh, we're gonna call this Jingle All the Way, two. That sounds right. <laughs> no, there's no Turbo Man. What's a Turbo Man? What are you talking about?
0: A Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God god well as we see in the film she would not uh she would end up using um the pg-13 rating to water down the film's violence to a large degree making it only slightly less violent than the original she claimed which granted true the original film isn't the most violent thing ever made
1: has it ever worked watering down the movie for the remake releasing a pg-13 version and everyone's like oh this is great has that ever worked
0: no you want a prime example of that one? Even I people love like, one. Okay. Alright. People are probably going to be like, well it did work. It was a huge box office success. And I know what you're going to say folks. Live free or die hard. Didn't get released PG-13 and became a huge box office success. But when you bought that on home video. How many of you actually continue to watch PG-13 version of the unrated. He says fuck. It's violent. And the die hard you fucking want.
1: Try to tell me you didn't, you only now watch that version. (laughs) I got a prime example of how it didn't work Expendables 3. Does anybody remember any moment of Expendables 3? Exactly. That's why I say, like, Live Free or Die Hard is the only one where, like, it worked and it didn't work. Like, yes, box office
0: success. And I actually do really like Live Free or Die Hard. But then when they released it on home video, they did the unrated cut because it's a known fact. The only reason I got PG 13, the studio went in there. And edited
1: out all the f f bombs like they took well, it all out i think it's a little different in action but like if they'd remade die hard straight up and then like you know had fucking i don't know tom hardy in an office building and it was a pg-13 bloodless action movie and it was like yippee ki mother and then they cut away everyone would hate it
0: yeah oh yeah no i'm just saying like that's what i mean like yeah success but how many people are really watching the pg-13
1: cut of the fourth
0: Die Hard film
1: nah if there's nobody if there's a r-rated director's cut of anything that's what they're gonna grab
0: exactly because apparently and i've watched the unrated cut. it literally is just putting all the shit the studio locked because that was the whole thing like in case anyone didn't know it did have an r rating the studio was determined to reach a writer audience for whatever fucking reason with the fourth film of their highly successful franchise so they went in, locked Lynn Wiseman out of the editing room. Season one, that directed it because of his um, success with Underward. Um locked him out of the editing room. Took out the f bomb basically, and think like edited action where you didn't see the blood, and that's how he got the PG thirteen. It was a filmed R rated film with post writing it down. So when it came out on Blu Ray and you know now four K I believe, I think the whole series is on four K now. They've released it unrated, and it's literally what Lynn Wiseman filmed. So it's all the fucking, you
1: know, fucks
0: and the blood and the violence and
1: stuff. See, I just find that rude when you're going to take that away from me. It's like, I paid for fucks. I paid for blood. Give me my fucks and blood.
0: Yeah, especially because, like, it always pissed me off at the end of that movie when he gets ready to say yippee-ki-yay. You get one fuck in a PG-13. One or two, depend- if it's not sexual, in a PG-13 film. So you get motherfucker. And they muffle that with the gunshot. I was so pissed. I'm like, what? Well,
1: PG-13 or not, still better than Part 5. yippee ki Mother still, Russia.
0: It's still better than Part 5, yeah. And yeah, Expendables 3 is a case where it just didn't work. Like, they, that movie flopped, which is why Expendables 4 has just been taking so long to get off the ground.
1: Expendables 3 is, to date, the only time I've ever fallen asleep in the movie theater.
0: yeah. It's look, it's okay to make an R rated film and have young adults, if you will, not kids, I
1: won't we'll go that far, but young adults are kids if you're okay with your kids seeing it. It's all up to you as a parent. And see, that's and, what it comes to me. It's like it's not up to the studio. it shouldn't be up to the studio. It's up to personal responsibility, parental responsibility. You if you don't want your kid watching that shit, don't show your kid that shit. Plain and simple. It shouldn't be anyone else's responsibility. Yeah stop studio
0: stop worrying about a fucking rating and if you want to make it or make it or like yeah has, has successes of like Deadpool and other movies of that ilk not shown that an R-rated film can be a huge
1: success if it's just a good movie yeah Joker billion dollars Deadpool I think 900 million somewhat there it was a, it's like the highest grossing R-rated comic book
0: film of all time there you go I think I, I think Deadpool 2 may have beat it but I mean still that's the sequel to Deadpool for Christ's sakes
1: Point is, ratings don't matter if your content is good.
0: Yeah. In this case, we have a movie where they focus on the message and the rating, but not the fucking movie. So, hmm. And this is the this is the next fun part. Are you ready for all this funness? Remember how you said it seemed like this was an afterthought movie because the guy announced in June came out in December? Mm-hmm. Should be noted, this film had a short and rushed production schedule being completed in only about five months. And this includes everything from pre-production, production, and post. So she will... Christ, what was the hurry? I have no idea. I could not find out why. They just, for whatever reason, had to get everything done in five months. Best part is to accommodate that. You're going to get a kick out of this. Some scenes were shot in only one take and ad libbed without a completed script
1: that explains so much. the whole time I was watching there were moments where I'm like, really that's your that's the take you went with And yeah, I guess that was it, huh? <laughs> that's all we do. that's hilarious. We le- literally a film that
0: just wanted to hop on the meat um, at the time i I believe the the me too movement was not even like that old at the time, only like a year or two um hop on that quote unquote bandwagon i'm you know i don't mean that in a negative way again we have a lot of great post me too films um since the, uh since the movement um but i want to hop on that as soon as possible be be on the bandwagon if you will and they focused so hard on that delivering a very angry blanket statement fucking political messaging and getting a goddamn rating that it was like hey we had to get a film done in five months, like complete it completely done in five months.
1: Now I'm just picturing some like key grip or somebody being like, hey, we should start filming some of this, huh? Like we we're getting down to the wire here. Should we do should we make this thing or what? And then he got fired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to see out during the show, like why this film turned out the way it did.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the amount of productions we've looked into here, like we can kind of pinpoint where, like, something where, you know, the, the, the definitive decision that was made that turned this into a bad movie. We can always kind of see it. And no. right here, it was, let's just start filming it without a script, like, wing yeah. it. And we'll, you know, we'll edit it in post like oh okay so you don't care about this got it
0: yeah you you don't care cool i would call this strike three for the phone focus on political meshing of story enjoying too much about your damn rating getting it completely done in five months
1: yeah and it was a bomb who who would have thought
0: yeah so on that note that's pretty much what i'm ending that on this this on uh this rush production would get the film out on schedule. It came out in December, not met with enthusiasm. Audiences didn't seem to care, um, especially men who did not want to deal with met- the messaging of this film and essentially being yelled at for being born a man, um, mm-hmm. causing it to bomb. And critics pretty much all agreed it doesn't. It didn't hold a c- candle to the classic original. Even though I do disagree that it's better than 2006 film, so I would sit through that before this travesty any day of the week.
1: You can get it done quick or you can get it done right. You can't have both. <laughs> they actually haven't been able to do it right or quick. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe some, you know, maybe some movies only work one time. And Black Christmas is one of those. It's
0: right, the shining example of like, you just cannot do this again, apparently.
1: can't. You get You get two tries and then you just got to go sit down.
0: You know maybe, maybe one day we'll get like a third one that actually is worth talking about, but
1: it's gonna be called Black Xmas and it's gonna be even worse.
0: It's gonna combine the, the messaging with the incest into one really weird
1: movie. As long as I get Billy back, I, no, I won't say that. I, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say they can do whatever they want as long as they get Billy back, but I'm like, no, I want more than that.
0: Come on, well, not just that, damn it. Uh, Alright, well, that's the hell on this fucking piece of shit. Do you have anything else to add? Alright. So, first award now onto this segment. Oh, boy, is this going to be hmm. a segment. segment. Um, Zack Snyder, the worst scene. I got nothing to say about Zack Snyder Then you know, DC fanboys are currently just crying in their basements because it's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Confirmed dead.
1: Remember, do you remember in like 2004, 2005, it was like the the Leave Britney Alone guy? Yeah. That's how I picture all of these Snyder suck-ups. They all look and sound like that to me. Real,
0: real quick, speaking of, did you see... Dwayne, the DC hierarchy is about to change Johnson's fucking message of like, hey, so they're not moving forward with a Black Adam. I am talking to them about how we can get Black Adam into the multiverse. He's not a part of that. I'm like, how do you tell someone that, like, how, how is James going to feel right like now? Like, I feel like he actually told him, like, no, we're done with you. And The Rock's like, so there's a chance for future stuff. Got it
1: so you're telling me there's a chance yeah yes i got gotcha. you
0: yeah like no drain song we said
1: my favorite part of that is he was right the dc hierarchy of power did change just not in the way he thought it was gonna go down
0: yeah <laughs> i'm like just when i saw that, i'm like oh my god dude you're so delusional you're literally saying you're finally saying like look like i two is not happening but we are talking i'm like yeah to the same conversations that he's having with Henry Cavill
1: where was this level of effort with the Scorpion King Dwayne
0: yeah why are you hinging it all on fucking Black Adam why
1: I will never understand it's yeah anyway
0: <laughs> Yeah. how to get a quick sign on that so it's like there seems to always be a now new development on that fucking front um Ah, <laughs> uh, the worst scene what did you uh what did you pick
1: I went with Nate's death scene. Nate is the, how do I put this delicately? When he was first introduced, I thought he was the gay friend. Turns out he was not. I thought that would have been a great, you know, not all men have power moment. Would coming from a gay character actually would have been a good character moment in this film. However, no, he's just the douchey boyfriend of one of them who they refuse to let have part of the argument. And his death scene is so, like, out of fucking Looney Tunes. He stands up and he's like, all right, assholes, I'm going to take you all down. And, you know, this is going to be the be-. And then he immediately gets shot in the head.
0: Yeah. And you he can totally get him. ready to say some shitty super dialogue they wrote Because he starts, like, saying, I'm the man. And the next thing I get shot, and you're like, oh, thank God. You're supposed to say something that's going to make me bawl from my mouth.
1: A lot of the death scenes feel like Bugs Bunny cartoons Like the first death <laughs> Lindsay I think her name was When she's like banging on the door of the house And then the door opens and it's the guy I was laughing I was like this is not, that's hilarious That's I think I saw that in a Bugs Bunny cartoon He was like oh he was here a second ago doc it's like, It felt like that It was There was nothing yeah. serious about the death scenes So I went with Nate's death Because it was like I thought this guy was going to matter And nope
0: Yeah I you think it's going to matter, he has this stupid lines clearly about to say, and then, like, it's one of many horribly edited deaths because they're trying to stick to the PG-13 rating, so you don't really see what's going on. You know what happens, but you kind of don't really see it, because you have to work around PG-13, and it, yeah, it's a stupid, stupid uh, moment. Um, I actually want to want detail, because the scene I put is a little bit before that, and it has to do with Nate as well. And it's the scene where they're arguing over the uh, over the whole consent to release the video when they called out the frat um, in the kitchen for dinner. Because this, of all the moments, this one was just blunt and over the top and just hitting you in the head. But How dare you be born a man? And this is my message, and you need to go with it. This scene is like the peak of it. Like, it is every buzzword, every, like, just, yeah, that's what's popular right now. That's what's going on right now in culture. Let's throw it in there. And then, you know, Nate gets up and starts getting into him just like, you guys say, oh, man. And at first, you're kind of with them, Like, okay, yeah, finally, like, I would be getting annoyed. Like, could you shut up? Like, this is getting annoying. Um, but then they immediately shut him down. He starts getting douchey. And that's, like I said, it's like, like I said earlier, they they finally are like, okay, let's present their argument. And they shut it down. And they immediately kill Nate, not like a scene later. And it's like, oh, okay, so he was a useless character. That's that's awesome movie.
1: And we find out that it wasn't his real feelings that he was disagreeing with them. He was hearing the high-pitched noise of the, you know, the frat goo evil man juice, or whatever the fuck. And that was turning him into a a mean guy because, yeah, men only disagree with women when they're evil.
0: Yeah. They can't just disagree, not just because they're, just because people will disagree. Not even because of a fucking gender thing, just because people disagree all the yeah. time.
1: Sometimes good people are wrong. Sometimes bad people are right. Not all the time, but there is that weird cross pollination that does happen sometimes.
0: Yeah. So last thing I went with, because actually like, this is the, everything I was hating about this film is just fucking cranked up to 11 in this scene.
1: And they're just screaming at him, drowning out his voice because he's making a good point. And then they just throw his ass out.
0: Oh God, yeah, they they scream over him because he's making because I'm like he's making solid points. Like, yeah, not all men just inherently want to go out and rape everything they see. Um, some of us just want to go to Target, buy some shit, and go home after work. Crazy thought.
1: <laughs> some some of us just want to go to Target. I can see you make making that like passionate speech on like the floor of, like, Congress or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, good pick. That seems yeah. irritating.
0: It's, yeah. It, uh, I would... If I make a passionate speech, that's how i want Some of us just want to go to Target, okay? <laughs> <sighs> but, um, yeah. Next up... Oh, boy. This one should be one of the more fun ones we've had for a movie our year. Um, The Ed Wood first line...
1: Remember Phil? King Shit of Fuck Mountain? Remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so this character is so paper thin, he's just the typical alpha you know, alpha male frat douchebag. And he's when uh, uh what's the Riley catches him and Helena? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh one of the sorority goals. Yeah, the the one who Betrays them. Uh, He's about to rape her, basically. Or that's what it looks like. And she stops it. And Phil starts putting his pants back on. And he goes, you bitches are all the same. You act like you want it, but you're all a bunch of teases. Like, okay. He's a bad guy. We get it. It's like on the nose. It sounds like it's out of a, you know, 11th grade, you know, Watch where you walk, like video, you know? Yeah. Like, it, this uh, is what you would hear in this situation. You bitches are all the same. It's such, it's so fucking stilted. It's, 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 he's a caricature. And look, I'm
0: sure those guys that, there are guys that have said that shit before in real life, and I'm sure on college campuses. Because, okay, that's why I forgot to mention earlier. This film would have done so well had they just focused more. If they wanted to take a stab at patriarchy, Ah, patriarchy and toxic masculinity masculinity this film had such an opportunity with the fact that you were trying to talk doing it in frat cult- frat culture because I fucking despise frats what a passion and that's yep. because there is a real problem with frats honestly doing shit like this between hazing and a lot of like you know um, date rape type stuff that goes on with frats They gets looked the other way because they don't want to punish the legacy of the frat and a lot of these people that are in frats are going to be uh, the politicians controlling our lives. So, you know, keep that in mind, folks. Um, or other higher, you know, good-paying jobs out there. Um, so there's something to be said. Obvi- I, this film had something to say that focused more on that and having a character like this villain saying shit like that because I'm sure shit has been said like that. There are people like that in frats. But like you said, like this film just, goes for his blanket statement. This is just a stilted line. It feels so stilted coming out of him. that You're just like, oh, I'm strong. I was like, okay, I get it. He's clearly the bad guy in the whole frat. Or the head honcho of a baddies in the frat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's He's one of those, you know, pledges to five beta douchebag or whatever the hell it's called. And I get it. I would have liked a little bit more, you know, there's ways to do that. With him still being the bad guy, but not just, you know, beating your head, beating it, beating it over your head, beating you over the head with it.
0: Yeah. Well, especially because there's stuff before that when he walks in the coffee shop and he's just like laying it thick that, like, the person that assaulted her is going to be there. And, you know, oh, don't worry, it'll be consensual. And you're like, oh my God, God movie, could you be laying it on any thicker?
1: And then we get it the other way where the one, like, you know, protest lady is like, you know, throws a water at him and is like, fuck you. Like, it's just immediately like raw in the other direction. Like, can we have yeah. some, some, some like middle of the road subtle scenes? Like, once, yeah. one or two,
0: please. Cause, cause, cause guess what? Not only did I hate this guy because he's clearly a piece of shit. Come at me or you will. I hated the fucking protest lady because she was everything that's like kind of like on the more extreme annoying side of this shit. On any kind of social issue, right? You have three people that I feel like are pretty much like trying to be in the middle as far as like seeing the sides, going about it in a very thoughtful, fucking thought, you know, thoughtful way. And you get your two extremes on either side, right? She represents the extreme. I don't like either extremes. I hate fucking extremes. Just like Blanket statements, I hate extremes. Wow. She is, I one don't of like
1: people. Ones. I don't like the... Like, she represented the people who, if you don't agree with them, you're a monster and you deserve to burn in hell. Yes. Like, regardless of what part of it you don't believe it's it's one part you disagree with that you can go fuck yourself those people are psychos on yeah. that side and then the rapists are psychos on that side and I don't want to associate with either one of them yeah it's
0: like both of you suck and I could live without both of you in this movie right now
1: yeah I liked Landon let's get some more Landon
0: yeah he was a good character that <laughs> like, this film just fucking again has a chance to kind of make a point saying like, oh, hey, no, not all guys. Like, here's a good guy.
1: Here's someone that's just... But he disappears for so much of the fucking movie. And then in the end, we find out that if you're a guy and you get the founder's goo blasted all over your face, you become a bad person.
0: Yeah, you can't fight it because you're
1: inherently a
0: bad guy.
1: and that's like, Get used to it.
0: Yeah, and that was a great fucking segue. to my line. Oh, my God. Because I put the moment... When he is hoping them out, and he breaks into the frat and they he draws their attention and they start doing their shit um, and again, said by the same guy that said, you know the rapey comment um proceeds to tell him, and I quote, that's just the founder trying out your true alpha
1: yeah.
0: First off, that is the cringiest line of dialogue I've heard like in my life, some of the worst. Second off, so you're implying. In your blanket statement that all men are evil, that once again inherently, I believe myself to be a true alpha that should have any woman he pleases, and do so anything I want to do.
1: You're saying all I got to do is get my hands on some of that founder juice, rub it on my face, and I can finally be the alpha male that I have always believed that me to be. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna write yeah. that down, pencil that in. Okay, write yeah. that.
0: I want to remember that in my day-to-day life of literally just waking up, saying fuck a couple of times as I get ready for work, and I (laughs) drive drive to work. (laughs) Let me continue.
1: That caught me off guard. That was fun.
0: Drive to work. Do my job leave work do any kind of errands i need to do after work you know usually like oh i need to get more pet food or i need to get more groceries or whatever or oh hey my new issue of my comics came in let me go grab those real quick do that and then i come home and i proceed to watch movies or play video games one that doesn't i'm not alpha two i don't know more in that schedule of my life of things that make me happy other than work um or I am in compelled,
1: deep, deep down, to draw out the true alpha there. See, it's a demanding schedule. How are you going to make t- make time for all the rape you should be doing? I mean, that's demanding. That's a lot of time. I got to quit my job. <laughs> yeah, you got to make a choice there. And I think we all know what the choice is. God, this is quit crazy. This is- yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. I thought you were going to go with the line where he tells them to go suck a fat fart.
0: It's, that was close, too. I had quite a bit ran down. Um, I don't have my book on me, but I had another one that was like, that was a stupid line. Um, oh, I think it was uh, Chris, because she said, like, I when she said the, I, will, I won't I will stop until they stop or something like that, I was like, I fucking hate, hate hearing that.
1: <laughs> I hate hero complexes.
0: Yeah, I oh I don't stop because they don't stop. Like oh go no, fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is not a very well written script. Who would thought? You, or was it yeah. like we're not insane? We are simply men. Like oh god, Carrie, mm-hmm. you're a good actor. Why are you here? Uh, yeah, why? Why? Unlike most, unlike some other Robin Hoods, you can speak with an English accent.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, fuck man, fuck you, movie. I'm not no. And you know, literally, I sit at work sitting there going, God, I can't wait to go home and watch some TV, play some video games. That's what I can't wait to do. To numb the pain of my mindless job.
1: <laughs> just picturing you in your day-to-day, you're getting ready to go in the shower, you're just like, fuck. You brush your teeth. You fuck. You sit down in the car, you're just like you're, like your Cameron and Ferris Bueller just like just punching the the middle part, just freaking out.
0: <laughs> oh. oh God! Pretty much, that's what it feels like every day.
1: <laughs> well, glad you have this. Yes.
0: Um. So on that note, before we go down that route, uh, the Steven Seagal worst performance.
1: Oh, there are contenders here. Uh, I gave this one to emojin uh, Poots as Riley uh, because of one specific scene, and it's the scene where she's arguing with protest lady. I refuse to learn any names here. I don't want to bank this information. I got things important to remember. <laughs> this is going to take up space. <laughs> and, um, she's like the way she talks. She's like you. You are just so. Uh, you could tell that's one of those improvised line, scenes that they couldn't, because they couldn't right. finish she their sentence or the word as she's saying it. Yeah, and she always sounds like she's on the verge of crying, but she doesn't. She just, she just. Uh, it's it's so over the top, and I just didn't care for her performance.
0: It it took me a while to realize I was Imogen Pete's when I first watched this, because i had seen I've seen Twenty Eight Weeks later, and I was like, where the fuck is Imogen Poots?
1: I just fucking watched that like two weeks ago, and I was that yeah, she was great in that. So it's not her. Well, it is a bit her. I mean, she yeah. is here. But
0: well, I was, I was like, where's the long haired Bond lady from Twenty Eight Weeks Later? Like, where'd she go? And I'm like, oh, it's our lead character. Oh, I was like, oh, she was
1: way better and Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Now I'm just picturing on set. You know, they're all set up, and she's like, okay. The director's like, okay, action. She's like, what? We where's the scripts? Like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. In your own time, come on. Give me arguing. You're angry. We only got one shot at this. So action. And she's just like trying to make herself cry immediately because she didn't realize that was going to be the scene. So she's just like, (laughs) ah, trying to. (laughs) How did this thing get finished? I will say
0: it's a miracle this thing even got finished. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I, look, I had a whole time trying to pick someone. Um, I won you with the protest lady because I just fucking despised her guts. The moment it was, yeah, I finally got the bust of the founder's statue taken off the grounds because he owns slaves. Okay, a couple of things with your little like fucking protests there, lady. Uh, one, every person, every fucking ancestor we have in America owns slaves. So sorry to break that fact to you. And also, yeah, you got rid of the statue. It's still called Hearthorn. It's still named after him.
1: Also, your your protest got that thing moved into the frat, which means this is all your fault.
0: Yeah. So you started this. So you, you suck. Because again, if you're going to move the statue because of your flimsy reason, it's the school is still named after him. The name is still there.
1: It hasn't gone away. Well, and her her whole like you know her petition to get Doctor Gordon fired. I know he's not Doctor Gordon, in this, but again, I'm not I'm not remembering names. Oh, yeah, he, you know, Doctor Robin Hood Wesley Gordon, trying to get him fired because he's teaching the classics and they're all white authors. It's like that's not his fault.
0: That's I mean, he was, theory. he
1: did turn out to be a sexist asshole later on. Yes. But when we just think he's the teacher, I've had, I've taken a lot of courses where the writers are primarily white because for the majority of American history, white men were the only people allowed to publish anything.
0: Yeah. It's like, I, I get where I get, and like I said, I do get where the heart's at there. But that's not his fault. That's the curriculum and most American classics are ran by a man, because that's mostly right. People like Mary Shelley back in the day were rare. That's why she was so unique. The fact that she was able to get something out like Frankenstein and become a huge hit.
1: Yeah. So it's it's I don't agree with it, but I don't agree with the way she went about it, and it does not make her character endearing. It makes her character kind of a like a thorn in, in the side of the movie
0: yeah again she represents the extreme side of the stuff that we talked about earlier it just pisses me off but surprisingly i did not put her down no you know she grayed on my nerves i did put down carrie yules mm-hmm. So because i know you can do better than this carrie i know you can i have seen saul i have seen robin hood i have seen men in tights for those of you who are wondering which one robin men in tights um seen princess bride I know it's in you to do better. I've seen the third season of Stranger Things that you were in. You got it. What in the fuck is going on here? Not only that, it is like, from the moment you see him, even if you, obviously, you know, this being a horror film, and you see him, and then you see his first scene, and you're like, oh, he's the fucking bad guy. There is no (laughs) way, he's not the fucking bad guy. And then... (laughs) And then it gets to the scene where he just shows up at the house and he's getting all fucking creepy. And you're like, oh my God, he's. And then sure enough, gets into the movie. He's a goddamn bad guy. What, again, dude, what happened to Subtlety? Like, trick me for a second. Maybe you go, like, he's not the bad guy. Maybe he's just really mad about this petition, which I would get as a teacher. But no, no, it's just like, it's like he has a sign on his head with an arrow pointing at him going, villain, villain. Reveal villain.
1: You ever see Muppets Most Wanted? No. There's a, Ricky Gervais plays a character in that movie named Dominic Bad Guy. And he says, no, it's pronounced badgy. It's French. Might as well just call him Dr. Bad Guy. <laughs> I, <don't know.
0: sighs> I mean, at least he let him use his accent. So it's like he had that going wrong, but... I was like, "God damn it, dude! It's so obvious. You're the fucking bad. You don't cast, especially coming off like Saul at this point. It's like you don't cast carry goals in a Blumhouse Productions movie without. Yeah, he's one hundred percent the fucking villain here.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. He can be better. He has done better. I guess he needed to pay the mortgage that month.
0: <laughs> he blew all his Stranger Things season three money." <laughs>
1: Life is pain. Anyone who says otherwise is selling you something. A little, a little dread ah. pirate Roberts for you.
0: <laughs> All right. Speaking of directors that um, haven't actually done the best at portraying strong female characters on screen, the Michael Bay worst filmmaking decision. I just realized that when I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, Michael Bay." <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you're going to talk about sexism in Hollywood, you don't get to not bring up Michael Bay. Yeah. Um So, basically, I w- this is pretty easy for me. Uh taking a very hard and sudden left turn into the supernatural without any indication up to that point and having that magic be a dark spell that awakens every man's inner monster because every man wants to be a monster. That's incredibly insulting. And you know what? To quote the parlance of our times, I am very offended. Yeah. That's so funny when it's at you, is it? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was like, that's stupid and a great way to alienate a huge part of your audience and just make a bunch of, you know, innocent dudes, not all of them they are innocent, but a lot of them are, make us feel pretty fucking, you know, guilty, or at least try to.
0: I was like, at least try, I didn't feel, I
1: was angry, I didn't feel guilty. Yeah. I know they were trying to make you feel guilty, but I was more like, this is bullshit.
0: Yeah, fuck you, movie. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you in the sense that, like, what I put from mine, I actually, like, three things were down, because I was like, I, I fucking, I had, like, you know, toning it down to a piece of 13, slapping Black Christmas on there to call it a remake when it's fucking not, honestly. Um, But the one I I went with...
1: Real quick, I had written down the phrase, I know Black Christmas, and you, sir, are no Black Christmas. (laughs) But then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all right,
0: this is not Black Christmas. Um, But me, it kind of goes with what you were saying, right? And I kind of put the fact that this focuses so much more, and it's obvious, on an overt blunt blanket statement, social message. instead of an engaging story with smart messaging.
1: Yeah. Sacrificing, you know, substance for style, but then not giving as much of that either.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like, so with the ending, like if you're already not obviously aware of like, God, this, this chick who's directing and wrote this really hates men, man, when you get to that ending, it's like, if they couldn't have hammered down any more, sort of just like yelling it in your face you're like okay they they really fucking hate men don't they
1: yeah well you know what that's how you that's how you drop the ball so well done maybe this is the last time we'll have to deal with the black christmas remake
0: probably i think this really destroyed any prospects for another one um now i know we've been shitting this film a lot rightly so and i know as i said if you go on filmguys.com this is sitting at one out of ten for me so on that note we have to come out with a server lining for this because that is something we do every week so what's your server lining the one positive you took from this film
1: well i gotta say it's not that bad i'm kidding (laughs) um no, it, it is
0: would, if you just pulled the regular like nine out of ten.
1: It's a six. You know what? I've seen worse. It's like no fuck this. Um, my silver lining is one scene, uh Franny, her death. I picked this because it is a expertly done nod to Exorcist 3, and I appreciated that.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. See, I hated that I'm like, as soon as it happened, I'm like, fuck you, movie trying to pull from Exorcist 3. <laughs> well i
1: was more like just a oh I, reaction it made me think of a better movie i could be watching so that i like that i was like ah oh, i remember when that was that was scary and good that was really well done oh yeah now i gotta watch the rest of this shit so yeah. it gave me a moment of like yes there are better movies out there i'm not trapped this will be over I just and have to yeah i like the nod it was like you know the zoom in and the i thought that was cool
0: okay fair enough uh I'll, I'll give you that, even though, like I said, I, I just got a reaction of, like, fuck you, movie. I could be watching episode 3 right now How to me. I, I, I guess I really do get prone to anger quite easily because I was angry on that scene. Um, I mentioned that because apparently everyone's been pointing that out to me in recent couple of days. So I guess if,
1: every, if everyone's pointing it out, it might it might
0: be something to that, buddy. I fuck all of you. I don't think so. I'm getting angry now just thinking about it now oh. for me um i put the one scene that on this rewatch kind of, the only one to me that it kind of even remotely works and it's the part when they do their little musical performance and start to call out the entire frat for promoting rape culture mm-hmm. it's the one time i went okay i'm down okay yeah i'm cool with that because yeah it's like you know First off, I'm sitting there going, you're really going to make your fucking friend grow up there knowing the person that assaulted her is there. And, but then when they kind of come together as a swordy as sisters, right, mm-hmm. and say, like, oh, we're just going to take them all down a peg. And do that and seeing the look on their faces, I'm like, you know what? Hell yeah. I Now, again, because of it, we get that fucking dumb scene I hated, but I liked what happened in that moment of taking them down a peg.
1: Interesting, because I had the opposite reaction of, like, this is a terrible song. They could have done this better. It's like some music, perhaps. Maybe a rhythm. I don't know.
0: I like how both of our scenes, we basically just disagreed.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we had the same... Yeah, the same reaction to our respective scenes of, like, nah, that was a bad one. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Ah. I look,
0: I had to put something down because I was literally thinking, like, will be this, will be, will this be the first one where I put nothing down? Because I was like, I can't stand this fucking movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had that down before that. I had the opening kill because I was laughing my ass off at the thought of it being, you know, Looney Tunes related.
0: Yeah, right. I'm the uh, the first bit of obviousness, like the bluntness, starts happening when she's like getting ready to mess with the guy that's behind her. I'm like, have you ever thought the guy's just like on his phone and you just happen to be in front of him? Like, it, it kind of happens all the time.
1: Well, I also went, I tried, I almost went ethereal with it. It's like, well, now that this is, you know, now that this bombed and the Black Christmas property is probably, you know, dead for good, Bob Clark can finally be at peace. <laughs>
0: That's probably. Well, you know, at least we have the original on 4K now.
1: (laughs) My positive is I can always watch Black Christmas 1974. Yeah. I have it. It's right here whenever I want.
0: Yeah. In ultra high definition now. (laughs) (laughs) Factory on that one. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, well. That's our awards for this. Let's uh let's let's now get macro with this. Yeah, see what I did there? And see what see what the people of Letterboxd say and find out what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? Give me
1: the Ooh boy. Or is is this not beloved? Uh one point nine out of five on Letterboxd. And one of our lower films. Uh, there are a weird a bunch of like spiteful, I'm assuming ultra feminist people who are like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Fuck you. Uh, but I didn't pick any Right? Every movie, every, the worst movie on earth is going to have people who love it out of spite because it makes them the most interesting person in the room.
0: Yeah. They're a contrarian, if you will
1: hate contrarians with a passion. That might be the group of people on earth I hate the most. I'd well, rather invite like a dictator, a serial killer and like a pedophile to a dinner party than a contrarian.
0: They just always have to say the opposite of what you say. At the very this least
1: is... those other three assholes are going to be interesting. <laughs> and so be like this feels great, it's all right. Ugh. Get a personality of your own, you boring fuck. <laughs> anyway <laughs> God. i hate contrarians man i really do
0: <laughs> most people are hipsters connor is contrarians 100 <laughs> percent.
1: you can always tell you just ask like three or four questions by that at that point you're like okay fuck this guy forever <laughs> uh yeah, okay
0: this guy.
1: <laughs> here are some i think i have uh yeah five reviews of black christmas that i hope can make you laugh this first one's from Mariana. Best part about this movie was when a random man stormed into the theater yelling, "The fuck is this movie?" and then walked out five minutes later saying, "What the fuck is this? Not Jumanji." <laughs> One star. <laughs> this loud-ass guy just wandering into the wrong theater, being like, "This is fucking Jumanji, goddamn it!" This is a Whoa. shame movie. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, awesome. This next one's from Jaybird. This film entertaining for like five seconds. this guy decided to give us a a nice limerick at hawthorne the christmas is black as cloaked figures are on the attack in his school days stay away from the haze maybe folks should not join a frat two and a half stars
0: (laughs) i like how he did that yeah me too and uh also don't join a frat legit don't their frats suck
1: I've never, want, I never understood the whole like paying your dues, You're basically buying your friends. I've never believed in that. I refuse to debase myself, like humiliate yeah. myself to be to have brothers. Like, what bullshit is this? Who 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 hates themselves that much to go through shit like that?
0: Yeah, you cannot. There is no one on earth that convinced me about. Well, it's all about the brotherhood. No fucking. Just so when I
1: am fifty, I can be like I was Phi Beta Kappa. Like, who gives a fuck?
0: Yeah, like you get. You, uh... I, I hate frats, so that's that's my PSA this week to everyone listening. Don't don't join a frat. You're you're better than that.
1: Yeah, and if you're not, you're you're probably a frat. Um, this next one's from Lee McCoy. This fucking movie, to take something so precious and pure in every sense of the horror word, and one take out one of the greatest killers in history, and two tack an agenda on it that smothers the viewer to death. Just wow. Also, the horror genre, more than any other genre, breeds strong women. So what message are you sending that hasn't already been spread hundreds of times before? Exactly. Thank you for your, Thank you for pretty much putting the nail in the coffin of a beloved property that will never see another remake or sequel again. Job well done. One and a half star. Lee, right on the money.
0: Right on the money. <laughs> I'm pretty much like with them 100% on that one.
1: <laughs> oh, boy okay this next one's from will walker and this first sentence i feel like you're gonna you might you might explode i hate to say it but i really do miss the days of platinum dunes rebooting the iconic slashers at least those were cinematic at least they had interesting and distinctive direction at least they didn't seem to hold active contempt for the audience well texas chainsaw massacre the beginning did but that aside Black Christmas 2019 is directed and subsequently acted like a lifetime movie. <laughs> there, there is absolutely none of what made the Bob Clark classic work. It doesn't even have the gruesome uneasiness of the underrated 2006 remake. It's a slick, cynical, corporate piece of garbage, just like Halloween 2018 was. Ooh, I disagree with that. You had me till then, Will. Yeah, it was good in 2018, but goddamn it. TCMB1 really got me good. (laughs) If this is the best Blumhouse can do for Billy, who's not in this film, by the way, and Michael, maybe Mr. Voorhees is better off at the bottom of Crystal Lake instead of in the hands of these studio hacks. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. We got a horror fan in their
1: fucking 40s and 50s, is what we got. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at his picture right now. Uh, He looks. 30s actually kind of might be a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> it's open season.
0: Oh, my god! Uh, oh, no, you uh, was that it on his? That was it, yeah. That was that was good. I don't know why I found the t te- I, th- I think it's because I've actually, I actually do like teasing in the beginning, but <laughs> the whole contempt for well, that one did, but that's. That was good, that was good. Especially, he he is right, Platinum Dunes. See what's real about their remakes. They clearly didn't hate the audience. They were clearly made by people that did like the original. Well, maybe not not Nightmare on Elm Street. Most of them were made by people that liked the original and they were trying to make something fucking for audiences to go see and enjoy. I'll give them that.
1: Fair enough. This last one's from Troy L. He starts off with a quote for the movie. You messed with the wrong sisters. Great job, Black Christmas 2006. You are now all right in my book. My fault, Black Christmas 1974. I owe you an apology and will give you a third try sometime in the future. I'm sure I will appreciate you a lot more after seeing this atrocious pile of dog shit. One star. Oh God. And that's what's in the box. Contempt and lots of it. Yeah,
0: that was good. I really like... Uh... The third and fourth one's the best. Those <laughs> were good. Just about the Halloween 2018 thing. I cried to Halloween 2018. Um, But, yeah, that, that was, wow. A lot of content. I like how he basically was like, I don't
1: like the original, but thanks to this film, I'm giving it a third go. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no way it's worse than this. And I love that he hated the 06 one, but now he's like, you know what? Not that bad. There's a lot of fans. I've been saying, that like, you know what? Let's go back and revisit those one. <laughs> I feel like the the goal should not be to make a movie that's so bad it makes the other movie that was just as bad look better. That nobody wins with that. How about you try to make a good movie? Let's try that.
0: Yeah. If you think all you now have done is make people appreciate a film that was once forgotten, and yours will now be the forgotten one. So, good job.
1: Yeah. Rest in piss. Black Christmas, twenty nineteen. <laughs> the last time i ever intend to talk about this movie
0: <laughs> oh same. now that i got this out of the way for the show i'm never putting this fucking thing on again <laughs> if i could delete voodoo
1: movies i would get rid of this
0: <sighs> oh god yeah now that we know what's what's in the box which was how's it those guys were good i really like those <laughs> um let's 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 move on and close the book on this not just what's in the box but on this fucking movie um so for everyone what next week's episode is be sure to follow us on social media follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and our filmgasm productions if you want to show us a recommendation feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com if you'd like to donate and support us in that week and find us on anchor finally feel free to get on our site com for reviews show articles and all of our episodes like i said i do have a review up here for this particular film one out of ten if you want, really want to get i would hope a good laugh because i think it's most of my really bad reviews are me ranting. Um, i.e. this one and um, the ring from 20 not the ring the grudge from 2020 um uh, you might get a good laugh out of that check it out it's nothing flattering about about this film in my review but with that next week we'll be ending the year with the incredibly underrated workplace comedy waiting now probably wondering how does that fit in with the holiday season well, viewers other than retail who's one of the most overworked jobs during the holidays food service so I can't think of a better way to celebrate than the year than looking at the job that serves us food and we most people I don't I know you don't um, disrespect them immensely especially on the holidays than with
1: waiting as a former restaurant employee myself waiting hits home in quite a few ways so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll dig up some uh some stories from my time at Draft House when I had to deal with some assholes. I got yeah. one in particular that is a fucking walloper of a story about a nut job who we had to call the cops on. So we'll talk about that
0: next week. God, yeah, I got some some people I still remember from my time working on Subway. Ugh. On, uh on a on filmgasm we will be celebrating New Year's with the appropriate horror holiday film, New Year's Evil. And on Oscar Sunday, they'll be looking at what many consider to be the quintessential Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Until
0: then, yes, not Miracle on 34th Street, for those who were thinking I was going to say that. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Until then, don't join a fraternity which seeks to subjugate women like we are still in the 1950s. Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays, see you all next week on Beyond the Bed.